Hello, my friends, and welcome to this week's New World Kirtan podcast. It's Tuesday, December 9th, 2014. I'm Kitsy Stern. Our show is produced as an act of love and service to the worldwide Kirtan community, and it's also an audio journal of my spiritual journey through the practice of singing and playing Kirtan. I was reading this great article on mantra written by Sharon Gannon last week. I'll put the link at the New World Kirtan website. It made the point that our minds, through our words, whether spoken out loud or silently, create the reality that we live in. Our words have power. And then it occurred to me that we recite many mantras to ourselves throughout the day, don't we? And not many of them are positive. Some of mine, I swear, have worn a groove in my mind. I've repeated them so often throughout my life. Sanskrit mantra practice seems to diffuse that for me. But an affirming mantra practice mentioned in the article, one that is simple and non-denominational, is saying, let go, let go, over and over. This can be very powerful. It helps you to let go of thoughts, and it can set the stage for meditation. Even atheists can benefit from this mantra, and it can be translated into many languages. I've been experimenting with it. It is very powerful. This week, we continue with our series on the deities with Ian Basio, and we're going to look at Ganesha, the beloved remover of obstacles in this podcast. This interview with Ian gave me an entirely new way to look at the energy of this deity, and I think you'll enjoy it too. You might know that Ian leads the Kirtan band Blue Spirit Wheel. He's on vocals, bass, and percussion. Stephanie Kohler on vocals and harmonium and Joey Dukes on drum kit and percussion round out the band. I love their CDs, Adi and Darkness to Light, and you've heard chants from these CDs in our set lists. They've just released a new CD called Kailasa, and you'll hear a cut from it at the end of this week's podcast. If you love it and must have it, a great way to support the podcast is to buy the single at our website. And if you really like it and want to buy the whole CD, there will be a link there to do just that, which I highly recommend because it is just one big bowl of bhakti deliciousness. I'm happy to let you know about Old Delhi Music's gold sponsorship and their promotions through New World Kirtan Podcast. Old Delhi is a family-owned and operated small business located in Urbana, Illinois. Illinois Public Radio did a feature on him a few weeks ago, and I'll put that link at the New World Kirtan Podcast. Nick's instruments are fundamentally different and better than those you'll find elsewhere. For one thing, he hand-tunes every single harmonium before it goes out. I'll be telling you more about him, but right now you need to know he's offering 5% off anything in his store if you use the code NWK at checkout. That's sitars, tablas, books, everything. And if you're shopping for a harmonium, he's offering $50 off any folding, standard, or scale changer harmonium if you use the coupon code NWKHOLIDAY at checkout. Yes, it is a very bhakti Christmas. Coming up, we'll have an interview with Sean Johnson of the Wild Lotus Band. We'll be talking about their new CD, Unity, and I'm really looking forward to that. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful season, my friends, and until next time, namaste. Today, I am just so happy to welcome Ian Basio back to the program. Hello, Ian. Hi, Kitsy. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Today, we're going to talk about Ganesha, yeah? Excellent. Yes, that's what we're going to talk about. Well, I have my Morty sitting here, mm -hmm. and... um. 
and I'm going to use him as an illustration for for this uh, for this podcast. But um, why don't you tell me about Ganesha, and then if I have any questions, um, I'll 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 ask you. I don't know very much about Ganesha, so this will be interesting. Okay, so uh, to begin with, Ganesha has one very important title that represents the primary way in which we interact with this particular deity energy or vibration, uh, we call him the remover of obstacles. So um, this is an aspect of Ganesha's energy that can be looked at in a number of different ways. And the, and the way that I typically find that it operates is that Ganesha's energy is, it has a particular kind of vibration that causes other uh, negative or harmful or discordant uh, types of energies to dissolve or dissipate. So Ganesha's energy uh, removes other negative energies. And, and so we sort of use the word obstacle uh, to sort of refer to these negative energies. So that can be, you know, any number of different kinds of things that occur. So throughout our lives, as we're, you know, sort of moving about in the world, we pick up these negative vibrations all the time. Uh, you know, they, they often come to us from external sources. So we can pick up negative energy vibrations from other people. Um, and then we can also generate negative energy vibrations from within ourselves uh, based on the situation that we happen to be in. So when I talk about negative energy vibrations, I'm talking about um, particular emotional states um, or mental patterns that result in a contraction of consciousness. Um, as, as you may remember from our last podcast, uh, what we're seeking to do in yoga is to expand consciousness. However, there are, are a number of things that we do which actually causes our consciousness to contract rather than expanding. So these are emotional states like anger or jealousy or... Um, depression or, uh, you know, anything like that, it causes your, your consciousness to actually get smaller um, and, and you get further and further away from this state of moksha or, or liberation. So what Ganesha's energy does is it, it finds those energy patterns, those energy patterns of anger uh, or, or envy or whatever you happen to be suffering from, and it sort of breaks apart those patterns and, and allows them to return kind of formlessly back into your energy so that your consciousness can kind of re-expand back out from that contracted state. Um, you know, so like a perfect example is, um, you know, if you happen to live uh, like I do in a city that has really, really bad traffic, um, it, you know, if you get stuck in this sort of gridlock traffic, you're surrounded by negative energy vibrations all around you because there's just people that are really pissed off, uh, you know, just surrounding you and, and maybe hundreds of thousands of them, you know. So this is kind of a this is something that you'll kind of pick up. You'll 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 gain a resonance of that of that anger that kind of follows you around. And having those negative energy vibrations on you makes it difficult to meditate. Right. Mm. It's attracting your consciousness and it's it's acting as a distraction that will make it difficult for you to focus in your spiritual practice. So the Ganesha mantras 
are used then to break that apart so that whatever spiritual practice you happen to be doing uh, will actually be more effective. Um, and, and this is useful in all kinds of ways. So, I mean, of course, you know, just like with any mantra, it's, it's primarily designed to uh, facilitate your sadhana or your spiritual practice. Um, and, and to remove those distractions and those and those negative energies that are preventing you from expanding your consciousness through whatever type of meditation or spiritual practice you're doing. But, um, you know, this removal of obstacles can be uh, useful in all kinds of sort of mundane situations. Uh, once again, so we are faced with all kinds of obstacles. You may consider that situation in which you're stuck in traffic. Right. That's kind of an obstacle in between you and wherever it is that you're trying to get uh, mm -hmm. get to. So, um, you know, in that sense, as sort of a side effect, the the Ganesha Mantra can help to perhaps clear an opening uh, in the traffic for you to get out of it um, so that you can move on so that the, the vibrations of the Ganesha Mantras will move outwards from you um, and uh, and kind of change the energy patterns of, of uh, the situation that are going on around you in order to, in order to essentially facilitate uh, a more harmonious interaction with the world. And then also, uh, you know, the, these Ganesha mantras will go inside of you as well. And, uh, you know, because oftentimes the anger uh, and the other negative emotions that we're experiencing are ones that we're creating uh, within ourselves. And so, the vibration can go inside of you and, and remove that as well. So, you know, oftentimes it's just, uh, you know, it may not it may not be a big deal about whether you get through the traffic to get to where you're going fast or not. It may just be a, a matter of whether or not you you allow yourself to get angry about the fact that you're stuck in traffic. Right. So so these are very, very useful mantras. And and this is one of the reasons why uh, Ganesha is just such a beloved figure in India um, is often said to be the most popular deity um, of all the, I don't know how they say there's uh, 330 million deities in, in India. Um, and, and Ganesha is the most popular, right? So everybody, everybody loves Ganesha for this, this aspect of his energy, this removing of obstacles. Um, and above and beyond that, you know, this aspect of removing obstacles has led to Ganesha also being called the Lord of Beginnings because this this uh, energy that he has of removing these energetic obstacles of cleaning yourself of these negative energies is a very, very useful thing to engage in at the start of any practice that you are doing. Mm. So uh, typically we will engage in some kind of Ganesha mantra or a kirtan or a puja or some kind of a ceremony right at the beginning of some, uh, some major uh, 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 process or journey that we're going through for the purpose of sort of purifying yourself in many ways. I, I like to think of the, uh, the, you know, practicing a Ganesha mantra is like taking an energetic shower. <laughs> right? It's like you're you're kind of dirty with all this negative crap that's collected on you. And the Ganesha mantra just kind of cleans it off. It purifies you, you know, in a literal sense, uh, in the Hindu tradition, there's a there's a an, an emphasis sort of placed on uh, physical pu purity. You know, before you engage in spiritual practice, you're supposed to 
wash yourself, um, you know, take a bath or a shower or whatever. And this is like doing that, but doing it, you know, for your subtle body, cleaning off the chakras and the nadis of this kind of extra, um, extra negative vibrations that you've picked up throughout the day. So you will see these, these Ganesha mantras used uh, everywhere. It's, it's, it's ubiquitous in, in yoga practice and, uh, and in Hinduism as well. Uh, Ganesha finds his way into uh, Buddhist practices as well and, and goes even as far out um, as, uh, as uh, you know, Zen Buddhism in Japan even has a version of Ganesha hmm. um, that they that they work with. And, um, you know, so it's just it's just one of those things that's just over time is just proved so useful and effective to engage in that, uh, uh, you know, just ends up being incredibly popular. So, you know, any good certainly any good Hindu household is going to have at least one shrine to Ganesha in their house, if not, if not more than that, I think I've got three in my house, um, you know, including, including, a you know, a little, little Ganesha Murti who sits over the lintel of my front door. Uh, so that as you walk in and out of the house, you get a little, a little blessing from Ganesha. Um, each, each time you, you either leave the house or, or are returning home. Right. Um, so, you can then extend this idea of removing obstacles even further. Um, you know, one of the uh, negative energies, uh, one of these discordant energies that we face quite often is this energy of confusion. And uh, Ganesha is particularly uh, adept at working with this particular uh, negative energy of confusion and uh, and working with that in such a, a way that it, it kind of clears up. And so Ganesha then is given another title. He's usually called the Lord of Wisdom. Uh, and, and these Ganesha mantras are useful for helping you to make right choices about your life. Um, and so, uh, you know, helping you to be wise in the decisions mm. that you're making. So you can use these mantras. Uh, I like to to I, I often find myself in a situation where Maybe I'm, I'm at a fork in, in the road of my life in some way, and I don't really know if I should go down this one path or if I should go down the other path. Um, they both seem uh, important in one way or another, but I have to make a choice between the two. You know, Whenever you're uh, faced with a situation like that, you can work with this Ganesha energy in order to help you make the right decision. It will cut through that confusion and make the, make the best of the choices uh, uh, clear to you. And then, and then finally, um, and, and perhaps the reason why Ganesha is considered to be uh, so popular in India, almost more than any other reason, is, is simply that Ganesha is just literally considered to be good luck. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so having, having his energy around you is just thought to, to increase, uh, you know, the, the fortunate circumstances of your life um, in a general sort of way. And it, it doesn't help that, I mean, it, it, it does also help that, uh, you know, Ganesha has this particular kind of appearance that uh, really uh, makes him very attractive and lovable to children. Well, and, he's he's joyful, and and yeah. before I ever really learned anything about the deities, I I, I was attracted to his joyfulness. Um, hmm. 
I mean, he's like pictured, you know, sweeping obstacles off your path with his trunk. I thought that was really appealing. Um, But he's attractive to children. Yep. And so, so every, you know, all the children in India love Ganesha and they grow up with him and, and, uh, and he's, he's an integral part of their lives, uh, um, from that time forward. So, um, it's very powerful energy, you know, uh, millions of people working with this energy every day. Um, and that's, and that's something that, that you're able to tap into, um, when you move forward on this, I, yes, the jolliness, it's like, you know, as soon as you get a character who's got a big belly, you know, it's just automatically <laughs> there's a certain kind of a jolliness to it. It's like Santa Claus, right? Yeah, but the big belly, I had heard that the big belly was um, something about helping us to remember about uh, the duality of life that you can. <laughs> I, I, I like to think it's because he likes to eat sweets because I heard that, too. But then, you know, I, the duality of life is kind of that's interesting. Well, it's important to understand that in the image of a deity like Ganesha, uh, when you see um, when you see one of these murtis, a statue or a painting or something like that, um, these images are very, very carefully put together, and there there's actually nothing uh, nothing at all that's random about them. Each element of of the image is meaningful; it has a symbolic meaning that relates specifically to the deity's energy and is something that you can absorb in meditation. Uh, if you do uh, a meditation that's called a dhyanam, where you you kind of sit in silence and contemplate the image of the deity, you bring this image up in your mind. So, uh, you know, for example, Ganesha has this big belly. And uh, the one that I've heard more than anything else is that his his large belly uh, represents his his all pervasiveness in the universe, which is to say that the entire universe is contained inside Ganesha's belly. Huh. So so that's why it has to be so big, right? Because he's got he's got you know the the infinity of the universe is contained within him. Uh, so he has a large belly, and he's even you know one of his names Lambodara means uh, uh, the one who has a large belly, right? Um, and then. You know, the other aspects, you know, the other the other major aspect uh, that's immediately noticeable noticeable about him, of course, is his elephant's head, um, which which in and of itself has a number of particular symbolic meanings that relate to the function of his energy. So in Indian mythology, the elephant is considered to be the wisest of all the animals. So uh, Ganesha is depicted with an elephant head to to show his his great wisdom. He has the wisdom of the elephant. And um, and then also the idea that as the remover of obstacles uh, and and the function of his energy in that sense, the the elephant is also uh, the strongest of all the animals. And so Ganesha has that elephant strength to be able to kind of uh, uh, push his way through whatever the obstacle is that you're facing uh, with sheer brute strength hmm. um, and, and, and to be able to just bash through uh, any kind of barrier that that he's faced with. But then on top of that, you'll find that um, uh, Ganesha is almost always shown with uh, uh, what's called a vahana, which means uh, which means a vehicle. Um, although I like to I like to translate that word vahana as as meaning sidekick, 
right? So this is a, another little character that, that kind of hangs out with the deity is the Vahana. Uh -huh. And um, so each of the deities has one, and, and they're usually depicted as animals in, in most cases that are associated with that deity's energy. And Ganesha's Vahana, or his sidekick, is a mouse. And uh, the mouse is named Mushika, which actually really just means mouse in Sanskrit. <laughs> And, um, and and so he's always shown with this mouse, which is which is terribly funny because they're like best friends. Right. And in, and of course, in Western sort of folklore. Right. The elephant and the mouse are the elephant's supposed to be afraid of the mouse. Right. Right. Isn't that a, that's a thing that we we grew up with. But in, but in India, it's it's uh, quite the opposite. So the mouse and the elephant are great friends. And one of the things that um, this mouse represents is sort of the flip side of the elephant's strength, right? So the elephant can kind of break down any of these barriers that come up, but sometimes the nature of the obstacle that you're faced with is something in which brute force is not going to be the best available course of action. So uh, through, the, through the abilities of his uh, little friend, Mushika, Ganesha also has the abilities of the mouse, which is that the mouse can kind of creep and work his way through the cracks in the crevices to get through any kind of obstacle uh, by kind of going around it and through the, 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 the sneaky little corners that, that you know, mice uh, are always able to use, right? Yeah, so it's, yeah. No matter how hard you try to keep the mouse out of your house, he can always find a way in, right? <laughs> and sometimes when we're faced with uh, particular types of situations in our lives, maybe that's what you need to do. Right. You need to find the, the little spaces, the little crevices in the situation that will allow you to kind of get around it and bypass it. Um, you know, so it's really it's really quite, quite beautiful the way that the imagery um, of the deity himself um, really kind of exemplifies the idea of, of the energy and, and what the energy is actually accomplishing. You know, I've often wondered what um, what the symbolism is of what he's holding, and I wondered about the mouse. Um, and uh, I know that every Morty is different. This particular one is holding; it looks like an axe and a torch. And I'm and mm -hmm. and I'm not real. And and well, I know. And he's extending the the, the sweets, which is the sweetness mm -hmm. of liberation, right? That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, the modica, which is the this kind of very uh, very very sweet. Um, sort of a, it's like a dessert, essentially. Um, these little, these little balls that are made of, uh, forget, uh, some kind of rice flour, I think, um, uh, that are, that are very sweet. And, and, um, that's exactly, you're exactly right. That's the, that's symbolic of, of the sweetness of, of moksha or liberation. Um, so, so the, the Morty that you have has, has four hands. And uh, what he's holding in the upper two hands on one side is is an axe, um, which is sort of the obvious one. And the axe has a, a, a couple of different connotations. On the one hand, it's a symbol of protection. Um, and, and many of the weapons are in one way or another. But the axe is also a tool um, that, you know, it's not just a weapon of war. It's actually a tool that one uses for utilitarian purposes and in this case the axe uh, relates to the idea of cutting the cords of attachment uh, to to aspects of limited consciousness hmm. um, so it's it's representative of uh, so, you know one of the processes 
that lead to liberation, you know, the actual spiritual process of of achieving non-attachment or, or, or cutting these energetic ties that keep you attached to um, uh, temporary phenomena in the world. Now, on the other side, this is uh, the other hand that 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 is holding an object there is um, this is a very stylized uh, item here. So it's very difficult to tell what it is, but um, it's actually it's called a Pasha. And this sort of um, loosely refers to uh, you, you could yeah the most common translation for this is actually the word noose. Um, but you could, I think a better translation for it actually is lasso, right? Oh. Like a cowboy's lasso. Uh -huh. So it's, it's, a, it's a rope or a cord that he's holding in a loop in his hand. And it has this funny little flower on the top of it, which is what makes it look kind of, makes it hard to figure out what it is. But, but the, the, the lasso is, is almost, um, it's almost the opposite of the axe, right? So the axe is cutting cords of attachment uh, to, to these temporary phenomena. But the noose, it, he's actually using that to sort of bind you or, or attach you. Um, and what he's doing is he's using the, 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 the lasso to attach you to your dharma or your spiritual path, right? <laughs> so on the one hand, he's using the axe to cut the, the cords of attachment to things that you don't need. And he's using the lasso to to attach you to things that you do need, right? So it's kind of operating in in simultaneous, you know, si there's a simultaneous polarity. That's why you you almost always see the axe and the lasso in the two opposite hands, um, you know, on either side of his body. You you would never see them. Uh, you never see the lasso and the and the uh, and the axe in in his two right hands, for example, it'd always be one in the right, one in the left. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then finally, he's, uh, he's got a mudra that he's doing in, in his, uh, in his fourth hand He's uh, holding his hand up with the palm facing outwards. This is a mudra called abaya, um, which essentially, uh, baya is a word that means fear. And, uh, and when you put the syllable, uh, at the beginning of a word, it often um, creates a negation of that word. So, so in effect, abaya means the negation of fear or the removal of fear. And this is something that you see uh, very often uh, in, in these murtis with these deities. Uh, they're often showing this abhaya mudra. Um, and it's, uh, it's just a very powerful energy, you know, I mean, the the one of the the main things that holds us into a state of limited consciousness is the fear of infinite consciousness right the mm. fear the fear of annihilation or the fear that we're going to disappear you know if we if we lose uh, our individ, individuality in that way and so in effect what ganesha is saying here is he's saying don't worry about it you're going to love it when it happens <laughs> oh interesting Interesting. Well, cool. I understand Ganesha a lot better. And, and, you know, I've used his energy to find parking places <laughs> because I had heard he was good for removing obstacles, but I didn't realize that it was the obstacles that 
that are within us, you know, like all the well, negative energy that we can, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, it's like, uh, you know, it's like I was saying, um, in the first podcast, uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's not just the one thing. It's like, there's, there's uh, sort of the higher spiritual process that's occurring. And then there's all of these side effects that are happening. And the finding of the parking space is a side effect, you know, and if that's what Ganesha needs to do in order to get you to repeat the mantra, that's what he'll do. You know? <laughs> he knows that the mantra is going to be working on you on other levels. You think you're just trying to find a parking space, but instead you're actually moving slightly forward, you know, on your path to liberation while you do that, you know, and, and that's one of the cool things when you look at, uh, and, and we'll see this with the other deities that, that we look at uh, through this series, but each one of them has a particular path uh, to liberation that you can, you can walk this path with their particular mantra. And so Ganesha, you know, his ability to remove obstacles has all sorts of different connotations in our material life, in our, in our everyday routine where it's incredibly useful. But the biggest obstacle that you and all the rest of us are facing in our lives is the fact that we are not liberated. So if you continue to practice the Ganesha mantra with great devotion, then eventually even that obstacle will be removed and, uh, and moksha will be achieved. Well, it sounds like he's a pretty good guy to, uh, uh, to get to know, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. Some of our listeners might know that, uh, that you belong to Blue Spirit Wheel, Mm-hmm. which is a kirtan band from Atlanta, and I love your music, um, love it. I love your first CD, and uh, and you're about to release another one, mm-hmm. and I'm going to use a chant, the Ganesha Suite, from your new CD to illustrate this energy, and I've had, your, I've had the new one on repeat. It's great. We'll put a link at the website so that people can buy it. But one thing I noticed when I was playing this Ganesha chant is that instead of Namaha, mm-hmm. um, you use Swaha. And I've always wondered what the difference is between Namaha and Swaha. Could you explain that? Okay. Um, yes. So these are the two most common um, sort of active words that occur in uh, in mantras, and they're actually verbs, right? So they're they're referring to the action that one is taking in repeating this mantra itself. So namah is uh, a word that I translate as meaning um, I wish to attune myself to you, or to to, and then insert the name of the deity to whom you are chanting. So if you're saying Om Namah Shivaya, then you're saying, Om, I wish to attune myself to Shiva. Um, or if you're saying, Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha, then you're saying, Om Gam, I wish to attune myself to Ganapati or Ganesha. So what this means is, uh, as you recall, with these deities, they represent this energy of, of uh, this vibrating cosmic energy that is um, uh, vibrating at a particular frequency in the universe. And you yourself, your own energy pattern is also vibrating at a particular frequency. And typically we start off uh, in, at, a, at a radically different 
frequency, your frequency is radically different than the than the deity's frequency. So uh, what happens over the course of chanting the mantra is that the frequency of vibration at which you are uh, operating on uh, changes to become in tune with that of the deity. And uh, and this word namaha facilitates that uh, changing of the frequency of vibration, and it's it's really the it's really the kind of uh, uh, one it's the kind of statement that you use in a mantra when you when you're setting an intention when the mantra has a particular intention. So if if you're trying to find the parking space, right, uh, that's kind of setting an intention for for your mantra practice, uh, at least for those few moments that you're doing it. So then. This this word namah or namaha becomes very appropriate in that case, and and most of our mantra practices do have intention, but uh, the the second word svaha then translates into something very different. I translate this word svaha as meaning uh, I surrender myself to you, and so it has uh, a, a certain kind of connotation of surrender. Surrender is a funny word. For us here in the West, right? Surrender is bad thing. Uh, you know, if you surrender, you're a loser, right? Um, surrender as a yogic process is a very different kind of idea. It is something actually that's absolutely essential. Uh, this ability to surrender control of what is going on is an experience that every person practicing yoga will have to go through at some time. Um, there's, you'll reach a certain point where you can't progress further unless you're willing to surrender control. And, uh, so this, this term svaha relates to that. It's, it's, it's a word that connects your energy vibration to the energy of the deity, but rather than setting an, an intention for that, you're sort of opening yourself up to the deity and saying, you know, thy will be done. Essentially, you know, you decide what's best for me at this hmm. time. I'm not going to I'm not going to try to decide what what the next step should be for me. You you decide and and I'll follow whatever you uh, whatever you show me, you know, is, is sort of the implicit statement that you're making. Whether or not we actually follow through with that uh, is is another story. <laughs> Oftentimes you're oftentimes you are shown something uh, uh, that that may not be the most comfortable thing for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, but as we talked about earlier, the deities do know a lot more about what's going on than, than you usually do. So, uh, so in this case of surrender, uh, you can generally feel like you are putting yourself into good hands, um, uh, with that. So, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, say the, the, the first section of, of the blue spirit wheel chant, it's saying Jaya Ganesha, Jaya Jaya Ganesha, Jaya Jaya Ganesha Svaha. So jaya is this word that means be victorious. Uh, and so you're saying be victorious, Ganesha, be victorious. So when Ganesha is, is victorious, of course, obstacles are removed, right? And then at the end, svaha, I surrender myself to you, you know, do it, which is basically just saying, do whatever you have to do, man. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, 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 I'm up for it, right? And just really like letting yourself be, be open to it. It's very much of a, you know, svaha is really a, a very much of a bhakti, uh, uh, mantra kind of a thing. It's very much about this devotional energy that says um, that your love for the deity is so great 
that uh, that you're willing to accept um, whatever uh, lessons they wish to teach you, or uh, or or whatever whatever kind of healing they want to bring. That's like throwing yourself into the arms of the universe with, Absolutely. with trust, which could be really <laughs> kind of hairy, you know, especially with yeah. like a, a deity like um, Kali, which we're going to get to eventually. Yes. Um, I think February that, is the month for Kali, isn't it? Yes. That'll be an interesting conversation. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one because I avoid her studiously. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and then January, uh, the next one I think up is Shiva, isn't it? Yeah, so I believe that our, our conversation in January will be about Shiva, uh, the the Lord of Transformation, um, and then we'll do Kali after that. I'm really looking forward to both of those, Ian, and, um, and this one has been great on Ganesha. Thank you so much for being on the show. I look forward to next time. Yes, it's always such a wonderful thing to discuss these uh, incredible energies with you and to and to share this with everybody that listens to this show. Uh, I'm just uh, feel so uh, honored and grateful to have this opportunity. Thanks for being here.
गजाननम ऊतगनाति सेवितम अभिताजंबू अलसारबक्षितम Jaya 
ಗಂಗಣಪತ್ತೇ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಗಂಗಣಪತ್ತೇ ನಮಃ 